Throughout the Inspire Her journey, we have mainly focused on the technical aspect of kickstarting one's career. In this special edition, we want to direct our attention to becoming a leader in this competitive industry. To enlighten us with her vast experience and boundless knowledge, we have with us a very special guest who has been in the business of molding leaders for years. We are delighted to introduce to you Divya Martin Thyagarajan, who has played a key role in mentoring the future generation of women leaders in the tech space. She is currently working as a manager at InSync and uses her entrepreneurship skills to help companies develop their ideas into fruition. So, if you're looking to find insight on how to te- take your technical skills to the next level, she's your one-stop solution. Divya Ma'am, it's our absolute pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much, Aritri. Ma'am, during a session of our podcast, our guest had mentioned being a part of the Lead Like a Girl Fellowship. And you've been a mentor at that fellowship for a long time now. So can you tell us a little about its benefits and what are the characteristics you generally look for in an applicant? Sure. So the Lead Like a Girl Fellowship actually started uh, four years ago. Um, and it was founded by a group of colleagues, myself included. Um, and when we really thought of putting together a program for aspiring young women, our whole thought process was really looking at supporting women, young women especially, who really had a drive and a motivation to want to change the world around them for the better. Uh, and we, and our whole idea was really, what if we could bring all of them together and just look at what kind of ideas emerge, what kind of uh, connections do they make with each other, and in the process, bring together a diverse group of young women, right? It's not only someone from a technology space or only someone with um, you know, an accounting background. It's people from all arrays of interests who come working in the space of menstrual health and hygiene, or they are working in a corporate firm, or they are lawyers, or they are interested in making new changes to policy. So that was the, the idea really was to bring together diverse minds and just look at what blossoms from it. And when we put them together um, for the Lead Like a Girl Fellowship, we also wanted to be able to provide as much support as they would need. So the fellowship program is not just training. Uh, Training is great. You learn a lot through training. But the focus in the Lead Like a Girl Fellowship is also to be able to give them the right kind of mentorship, the right kind of coaching. And coaching is different from mentorship. So giving them a space to really reflect to really try and understand who they are at this point and what do they want to become, who do they want to become. Um, And also look at how can we create peer groups who are there to support each other. Because everyone's on a different journey of their own. But if you have the right kind of support, that journey just is made a lot more easier. And another very important element of Lead Like a Girl was a practical aspect. Because every fellow, the Lead Like a Girl Fellowship, had to put together an impact project that impacted the lives of a hundred other people around them in order to graduate. So it's not just about coming and attending a training session, but it is also about putting into practice what you've learned. And we very consciously wanted to push all the fellows a little bit outside of their comfort zone, right, and look at 
how would they as emerging leaders in their space look at challenges how would they deal with challenges and in that process what do they learn about themselves because the whole philosophy that lead like a girl is based on is that the more self aware you are as a leader the more impactful you can be uh and so mindfulness is a huge uh tool in a way that we use throughout uh the fellowship program there's a lot of focus on um you know giving space for reflection on becoming aware of what your what your vision is um how do you want to act every day right so giving a lot of uh, focus on those everyday steps that you can take that's the whole idea of lead like a girl as well um and what are the characteristics we look at was the other question you asked aritri honestly you know we we thought okay let's let's look at um not as not like i was saying it, it was going to be a diverse group always but we wanted someone who had at least graduated and had a degree behind their name so we looked at uh, young women who had graduated and it could be anyone between the ages of 21 to 30 um it didn't matter what degree they had done or where they had graduated but we were looking at what were their aspirations for themselves because we know like a lot of young women have amazing ideas out there and that's what we realized when we opened up the applications for lead like a girl we always had people more people than we could take in who would apply for the fellowship program and it was always such a struggle to pick out the right you know the the because we we were limited by resources when we started lead like a girl we could only take in 20 people at that time 20 fellows uh and we had so many more applications so we had to say no to some really amazing young women at that point as well um so when we look at a person's application we look at of course what have they you know done before where have they studied what have they um what have they achieved in whatever space that they are from uh what has their life journey been like so the application form asks all these questions and then very importantly also what do they want to do now right uh how do they want to make a mark in the world is something that we are very very uh particular about when we look at who we take in uh because the idea really is that leadership is not about you know climbing a career ladder it is not about uh, what you can do for yourself but leadership is about how do you change the world around you whatever that world is your world is it could be just the people around you it doesn't need to be the entire world but how do you make it a better place essentially and so that's the kind of person we look for as well someone who's you know motivated and driven to make that change I mean that sounds like a wonderful experience ma'am I personally would love to apply for this later and I mean meeting with such a diverse group of women sharing ideas I think that would be really beneficial to all of us out there yes. so a lead like a girl from what I understood is about networking and uh, when it comes to networking all of us know its importance but sometimes we hesitate to reach out first like i myself when i interact with seniors or colleagues sometimes i might have a doubt in mind 
but then i don't approach them with it thinking that it might be something obvious that i am missing right so can you give us some tips on how to network and build up confidence to approach others sure um like you said you know one of the core um tenets behind lead like a girl as well is really how do you build the right kind of relationship of the right people around you who have your best interest in mind and you know one of the things we talk about is also that networking is essentially that networking has some people you know assign a bad bad kind of vibe behind networking thinking that networking is about only approaching someone if you want something from them right but the whole perspective that we want to shift that to is looking at how can we make networking essentially relationship building and how do we identify the right person to network with as well right because as some like you said you know you might have some questions for your seniors and you don't know how to you might think oh they they think you know this might be a silly question right or, or you might feel bad that you'll be judged for asking this question but then the idea really is how can you also step outside a little bit of your comfort zone and make a courage, courageous attempt to connect with someone differently so you could ask that question and you know sometimes they might say okay why or some you never know right how that other person is going to react so the whole idea behind networking i think first is to really shift your mindset a little bit to think of how am i creating a relationship with whoever i'm asking this question from what are certain things that uh, i bring to the table which add value for that person you know uh, i might bring a perspective that that person never thought of and always going with that kind of mindset versus a, oh what will they think of me mindset because each of us have a lot of value to add our own life experiences the way we see the world is each of us see the world very differently and just acknowledging that my way my view of the world might be different but that doesn't mean it's any lower than the other person right and being able to make that step courageously to really approach someone yeah i think that would be a first step in building the right network i mean i really agree with you i think what i need to do is just stop overthinking and like you said take that courageous step to actually go out there and ask people instead of you know uh, contemplating all the scenarios in my head first <laughs> you know and i think that voice so, in our head is the is our worst enemy sometimes because we will stop ourselves forget anyone else stopping us from doing something we stop ourselves so much more right and that voice yeah. in our head does serves no purpose for us in that sense yeah that is so true i really wish i could silence that voice sometimes but then sometimes it also gives good advice so it's just about being rational i guess yeah. so uh, while we are on this topic Uh, it's also very important to have mentors and an ally when we enter a work environment and we've had this discussion briefly before but could you like give us a little more insight on how freshers like me who might just start uh, enter the industry in a year or two how can we reach out to potential mentors and um, like get them to trust us and and uh, like connect to them yeah 
I think the whole thing about mentorship also is that first, what do you want to be mentored on? Because everyone has a different skill set that you can learn from. But what would benefit you to be, to learn from, right? Um, I remember when we talked, when I even thought of who do I reach out to about mentoring. Um, a lot of the uh, people tell us, you know, that first identify what is a skill that you want to build. It could be a, you want to, you know, become a better communicator, for example. Then if you've identified, okay, I want to improve on my communication skills, then the next step is looking at someone whose communication skills you admire. Right? There might be someone who's a senior or someone else, even completely from, not from where you are studying. Um, and then you identify, okay, this person, I really like the way this person structures their conversation. It's very clear. There's a lot of clarity behind what they speak. And then you approach your mentor asking some specific questions. Because a lot of the time where a mentoring relationship goes wrong is when you don't even know what you want from a mentoring relationship. And so as a fresher, if you are going to be joining a company, what, whichever, you know, very likely that you will be from a technology background or whatever background it might be, first identify what is it that you would like some advice on. It could be that you want advice on getting into a particular company, right? That is your dream company. Then can you identify a senior or someone else from your, you know, circle of influence, right? Uh, which is, or people that you might know who have done that, who have gotten into that company. And then you approach them with those specific questions. Now that is just the first step. When you first are trying to make a connection with a mentor, after you have approached them and you have asked those questions, it's likely they will answer and then the conversation kind of evolves from there. Right? But to be able to approach a mentor and not make that mentor also feel like they're wasting their time with you and not to waste your own time, having a plan is very important. So knowing what you want to be mentored on, knowing who the right person is to mentor you about these things and knowing why they are the right person, right? You might reach out to someone and say, you know what, I want to get into this company um, and I know you're in there. They might not be the right person. Sometimes they might come back and say, you know what, I'm not the right person for this, but here's someone else who could help you. Right? So even that is fine, but knowing why you're reaching out to them, I think is a big thing. And I, I think you mentioned a very important point about allies as well. And there's a lot of research behind this that talks about, especially for young women, having an ally at work is one of the most important things to help them thrive in a working environment. Right? Um, and there's a lot of society, you know, social um, structures behind this and conditioning behind this, etc. But having someone who can support you, especially when something new happens and you don't know how to react, for example, or um, you don't know how to respond to a situation. Having an ally who can give you that the right kind of advice is very important. So again, I, one is to identify an ally who can support you and the other is to be an ally to others as well, right? Because once you are there, you also can be an ally to someone else.
So looking at how you can be that ally also becomes very important. Yeah, I mean, I had never thought about the mentorship that de- in that perspective, to be honest, that, you know, I need to have a specific doubt in mind and then approach someone. So that was some really great advice. I would really, really keep this in mind when I step into any work environment. So uh, coming to the ne- next topic, so since the internship season is right around the corner, the level of anxiety and anticipation is equally high in most of our listeners. So can you tell us a few things to keep in mind when we appear for an interview? And also another important aspect would be how to deal with rejection mm. when we come to face with it. That is a topic I think we can talk for hours on, to be honest, Aritri. Um, so dealing with anxiety and the pressure, especially during internship season, I think um, one of the big, I'll tell you how I would deal with anxiety, I guess, first of all. Um, and it might seem like, you know, very like small things to do, but I feel like small things really add up in the big, you know, when you, when you start doing so many things. Um, and one is really to have a list of what you're really good at. Because when you go for these internships, um, you know, um, when, when you go to meet companies or when you go for interviews and stuff like that, it's very hard to forget what you've done, especially when you're so stressed out or when you're so anxious. Um, so always knowing, okay, here are some three points. Don't have more than three points because no one is going to be listening to more than three points also a lot of the time. But have the top three reasons why you need to be, um, you know, offer this internship or you are the right person for this internship, right? So take some time off to really reflect on what those top three points are. I think that is a huge thing. Um, Structuring your communication is very important as well and it's something that we don't think about too much. But if you look at all these really amazing leaders, um, I'm very inspired by Indra Nui. And if you look at any of her conversations, any of the interviews she's done, she always has a few points that she will make and she'll make them very concisely. So she doesn't talk all over the place. You know, she will say, okay, I, if she's responding to a question, she'll say, okay, I have three points as to why. And then she'll explain those three points and that is it. And it makes it easy for the person who's listening to you to understand what you are saying as well. So structuring your communication, I think, becomes very important. And I think the third thing is really being authentic to who you are. Uh, you know, whether it is whether it is the way you dress or whether it is the way you present yourself in any kind of setup, I think that also really um, plays an important role in showing up for yourself. So it's important to say, you know, this is who I am, right? I come... Because all of us come from various parts of the world. We have our own, you know, interests that that can reflect in the way we present ourselves as well. So being aware of, okay, this is who I am and I'm very proud of who I am. This is me authentically. I think is also in, an important part of really showing up for the internship interviews and stuff like that. Dealing with rejection is not easy. And I don't think you know, any of us know the right 
you know magic word to deal with rejection but what i i like to think of it as instead of rejection i like to think of it as redirection that you know something didn't work out there is a reason behind it is what i like to think because if something didn't work out that means there's some something else that's waiting to work out there's something else you know that has to happen which hasn't happened yet um i'm a bit spiritual that way i guess but i i like to believe that uh whatever is meant to come to you will come that doesn't mean that you don't put in the hard work behind it you try your best and even after that if something didn't come through then there is something else out there that is waiting for you it's what i like to think yeah that is like an amazing mindset to have to believe that the best is always yet to come and uh, given the points about rejection that you mentioned i'm sure we really need to keep this in mind because like interviews are coming okay. up right next week and i'm sure all our listeners will take notes from this and um like you mentioned to approach people who have that particular skill set you want to inculcate coming to that i would ask love to ask you that um i really love the way you express yourself so clearly and concisely and being a self conscious person myself i have attempted to inculcate this quality in me expressing like structuring conversation and uh, putting out points clearly but then i have kind of failed because i tend to ramble so do you have any pointers for people like me to help us articulate more clearly when we are speaking to anybody a mentor or a like an interviewer so i think that's where saying those three main points becomes important and i'll say i'll tell you why i say three there's actually research behind this that has that says that as humans our brains can't take in more information than three points at a time so you start saying more points we will forget what that first one is by the time we have gone to the last point so always there there's a whole magic behind that number of 3 that uh, you know that research also talks about so don't whenever you have to answer a question don't try to give more than 3 reasons or 3 points behind whatever they are asking right 3 is more than enough and also saying out okay you know what i can think of um two ways that i have used which have helped me to structure com- communication better point number 1 is that um i think of answers that will make most sense to you as a listener point number 2 is that i try to keep it short i that is it right and i announce saying okay i have two points point number 1 point number 2 that's it So for you as a listener, you know, oh, she, when you say, okay, I have two points, you know, oh, she's only going to talk about two points. Let me listen to those two points, and then you say the two points, and that's it. And then that that person knows that they can respond. One of the reasons we ramble is also because we are like, oh, we have to say everything we have in our head, and we have to make sure they understand us the most, and we have to make sure that they like us also in the way we talk. You know, we have so much pressure to the way we. you need to present ourselves nicely in the way we talk that everything gets mixed up but when we can make conversation structured in that sense and say okay i'm going to say only three points here are my three points and we tell them 
they can ask us a question and then we can respond to the question if they didn't understand but we don't have to give them everything in our head just to make sure that they understand as well um so that's something that i've learned as well over the years i think you know you learn through trial and error and making a lot of mistakes but yeah always little is more in conversations yeah that is like uh, i i'll be sure to make that magic list of three points and keep that in mind so that i am never at a loss of words as well as i don't you know ramble on like i would usually so uh, coming to the last question i think uh, it's a kind of personal t- question that i would like to bring up here so there are times especially when something does not work out the way i had planned that i actually sit and contemplate okay uh, what is what i'm doing does it actually make sense did i choose the wrong career altogether or do i actually fit for this job that i am fighting for so badly so given that you have been a career guide to so many people can you just sure. give me some pointers on this as well you know i think i think it was an olden day way of looking at careers to think that i will know what i want when i'm 20 and i will stick with it for another 30 years of my life i don't think that's the way the world has evolved or we have also you know or how we look at careers anymore i do feel like careers are something that evolve as we grow as we grow older also right so just as you finish your degree you feel like this is what i love doing you know i love doing these things you get into it Five years down the line, you realize, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe this is not what I like doing. Let me do something a little bit differently. And I think that's perfectly fine. And to be honest, I think that's great because I don't think any of us should stick to only one thing, right? There are a few careers that are a calling. Like if you were to be, if you were to say, you know what? I want to become a doctor. That's a calling because you are aware of the kind of sacrifice that goes into it the hard work the amount of time you need to spend studying practicing all of that right there are certain careers that sometimes yeah you know they are for the rest of your life but then i know a lot of doctors who dropped out and are now in like the technology space as well so anyone can decide that they want to shift or change at any point in their lives and i think that's perfectly fine because i very strongly believe that we make the right decision for us at that point given the amount of information we have after 5 years we have even more information and then we realize you know what maybe this was not the right choice for me and we change but at every point in our lives we make the right decision for us at that time and that's what's important um you know when it comes to also looking at what do i want from my career i think it's even more important to look at who do i want to become in my life and then see if your career can help you to get there so instead of saying oh you know i want to and i used to do this i used to say i want to be the ceo of a company by the time i'm 40 was what i used to say but then i realized that what is the point what is the point i want to make by being a ceo right how does that help anyone 
And that's when I shifted that perspective to who do I want to be as Divya at every stage of my life? And who is the Divya that I am proud of? And then I realized I can be that Divya in any role. I don't need to be the CEO of a company. A career is important because it gives you financial independence. It gives you something that you know you can stand on. It gives you a certain sense of identity. All of that is important. But it is not your whole identity. So I think shifting your perspective from saying how do I make the right decision for my career to who do I want to become? Who is that person that I want to be who I'll be proud of? And then looking at okay, how will my career support me to do that? is important and for each of us it's a different answer right it could be that you will be the most proud of if you become the head of engineering in some big company it could be that and that's that's a valid goal then what do you need to do today to help you to get there if that's your goal right and i think that is a more longer term perspective to how you can look at your career perspective i think we as indians especially really lack that thinking that um if i choose to go down a different career path 5 years down the line then it's like i wasted the last 5 years i had but i kind of disagree with that because i think we definitely picked up some skills on the way that will Absolutely. be useful to me for and if like you look at anyone anyone who is so, um, you know successful and i say successful with the art folks but you know according to the general world they are successful they would have had a very interesting you know graph in terms of their career like i started in research you know and now i'm in a completely different kind of space i started in a different country now i'm working in a different country um but you know when i started off my career actually i worked in a call center I have worked as a food critic. I have worked as an editor. You know, I've done so many different roles in my life and all of them still help me. At one point in my life I was supporting someone to design websites. And at that point I hated it because I was like why do I even need to design a website at this point? But now in my current role because of what I did like some 15 years ago, I'm able to say Okay this website does not look good we need to change this and it's a skill that i you know i got because of my work 15 years ago which has helped me today yeah i completely agree with that i think no skill actually no skills that you've developed by real experience actually goes to waste So I mean this was a wonderful conversation with you ma'am the tips that you shared with us I think they're going to last uh, like a lifetime for us of valuable advice for us so do you have any closing thoughts for our listeners before we comments part? is first of all good luck to everyone who is listening who has interviews next week um I'm sure this is going to be a life changing experience for you um and embrace embrace all these all the anxiety all the fear everything just look at it as a experience that's going to teach you so much about yourself i'm sure you all are going to go great 
um and i think another last thought that i have is really always look at how you can support another person in their journey as well always look at how you can be that kind of ally or someone you know who supports another young woman or another uh, person to really come up in their lives because the sisterhood really makes a difference um and i hope you all experience the power of the sisterhood as well in your own journeys Once again, ma'am, it's been a pleasure to Thank have you. this it's conversation with you. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so Thank much, you so for, much for your time. Well.